Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. I am joining you from Miami, Florida, and uh, you know, it's kind of funny, last night I posted a tweet and said, um, it's 9.15 p.m. and almost 80 degrees here, please don't hate me, uh, because it's just amazing um, to look at how relentless the cold weather is that just keeps um, pouring into parts of the country especially the the northeastern u.s so uh, i'm i'm very happy uh, to be here in in this part of the world uh, before i head even farther south uh, down to puerto rico which is um, where i'll be flying to here in a couple days but uh, anyway you know I have such a weird tale for you, and you may have heard this before to some degree, but there's an update, there's some breaking news on this, and so um, I think it's just, uh, I don't know, synchronistic that I'm in Florida right now when this news breaks, because it's really a story that, that begins almost eight years ago in the year 2010 and that was the first time i flew to key west florida to do my big report investigation slash report on robert the haunted doll and you know robert the haunted doll he he lives in a museum in key west florida and so I I flew down to Florida and um, I spent time in Key West all by myself, invest investigating not not only Robert but the whole sort of mythos around you know Robert going to places in the, the community that had a connection and everybody knows that you know Key West Florida is a notoriously bizarre place. Um, it kind of reminds me of the culture they celebrated in Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil in Savannah, Georgia. Well, you know, you ramp that up about 10 times and that's Key West, Florida. There are eccentric people and strange things everywhere in Key West. So when I went down to Key West to do my big report that, um, was broadcast on Coast to Coast AM, and speaking of strange, um, I uh, was also recording little moments from my investigation and then uploading them to Mobius to post on a website. And that was just sort of a special inside thing for you know the fans who really were closely following this whole situation and i found when i got down to key west in 2010 that uh wi-fi was pretty sketchy there um it was hard to find a a place with reliable public wi-fi and i you know the 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 data on my phone at that time was kind of wishy-washy and so anyway i finally found this um restaurant on the outskirts of town with a really nice cozy warm kind of candlelit bar that just so happened to have really good wi-fi at least the best wi-fi around 
I guess they were a bit ahead of the curve. And so um, usually, however my days went, I would end up uh, at this bar at the end of the day, uh, taking advantage of their Wi-Fi, uploading videos and um, reports and stuff so that Mobius could post them onto the website. And so there was this bartender there who saw me again almost every evening and so we kind of became friends and the 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 night before I was going to leave he said hey um I I have these tickets here to the Mel Fisher Maritime Museum um he said I have like two or three tickets so you can get in for free. And he said admission is usually like 20 bucks. And he goes, do you want one of these tickets? And I said, well, I'm flying out tomorrow. Um, so I doubt I'll have a chance to use it, but you never know. And so it was kind of a, you know, flippant thing. And he goes, here, just take one. So he gave me one of these tickets. And at that time, I didn't even know who Mel Fisher was. Um... So the next day, it was one of those situations where I had to check out of my room at like 11 o'clock, but my plane didn't leave till 3 or 4, and the Key West airport is so tiny, it's you can barely consider it an airport. And so I had a, you know, a few hours to kill, and so I said, well, you know, I got this free ticket to go to this museum, uh... May as well do it. So I went to this museum, and that's when I realized that Mel Fisher was this man who was absolutely obsessed for years with finding this legendary wreck called the Atosha. And um, he went through just epic struggles. And finally, against all odds... He found this shipwreck, and it just, uh, he was re- rewarded with just, oh my goodness, loads of treasure. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, one of my great friends, and I, I, again, you know how I am, I hate to u- use uh, her name right now, gave me a ring that has a coin from the Atosha on it, and uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful piece so that's a whole different story, you know, the the the, the history of the Atosha. But uh, Mel Fisher went on to be a very successful um, shipwreck finder in, in many regards. He, he found a ship uh, called the, I think it was the Margarita or something like that. So anyway, you go into this museum, and as you're walking through, I mean, they just have tons and tons of jewels and coins and just wonder wonderful wondrous things that are displayed all around that mel fisher the great shipwreck hunter found in his lifetime and so i'll never forget this day in 2010 when i was walking by this display case which was i guess um I would call it the centerpiece of of the room. And it was like a clear, lucite, 
slash acrylic type display case. And there was a bar of gold in the middle of the display case that was worth over $500,000. And it was really cool because there was this little hole that was cut in the side of the display just big enough so that you could slip your hand into it and you could actually grab that bar of gold and pick it up like four or five inches. And th- this kind of reminds me of, I've heard stories about how, and I, I have no idea if this is true, but I've heard that like one of the old ways of catching raccoons was to put something shiny in a hole and that they would put their hand in the hole and they'd grab it and make, you know, a fist but then you'd trap them because they'd never let go of it and they couldn't pull their hand out. That That's probably BS. But anyway, it, it reminds me of that because the idea was, you know, you could reach through this hole and you could, you know, just have an experience touching this bar of gold and then um, afterward you'd, you'd release it and you'd withdraw your hand. And so... Once you did that, uh, somebody would give you this little sticker that said, um, I lifted a bar of gold. And it was a little golden sticker. looked like Willy Wonka's little golden ticket, that kind of material. Yeah. And so that was really cool because, I mean, how often do you get the chance to, to, to physically reach in and touch and lift up you know, an old bar of gold that's worth over half a million dollars and has that history. So I um, I did that, of course. I got my little sticker, and I, I, I went through the whole museum, and I left that day, and I thought, man, I'm glad that, that dude gave me that free ticket because um, otherwise I would have never even come here. Now, knowing what I know now, I would have happily paid to go to the museum but i was inspired to go there because he gave me that free ticket so anyway i did that and and then you know i flew back and so when i got back home i took the um the little sticker that said i i lifted a bar of gold and i put it on our refrigerator as a little memento At that time, we were living in a house uh, with a big stainless steel refrigerator, and we got into the habit of just, like, decorating that thing with all the gaudy mementos from all the places that we'd travel to and stuff, and so it was just covered with things. So I had that sticker there, but it was in a pretty, you know, prominent spot. So my whole Robert the Doll experience was weird enough on its own, but that whole trip was kind of you know, capped off by me going to the Mel Fisher Museum and having that experience. So you can imagine how shocked I was when I think seven days later, all of a sudden, the Mel Fisher Museum is in the national news. This place that I had just happened to you could say stumble upon uh 
was now in the national news. And it's because that somebody stole that bar of gold. And I, I was flabbergasted. I said, are you kidding me? Somebody had gone into that museum that I'd never even heard of. That bar of gold had been there in that display for 20 years, as it turns out. But seven days after I went in there and touched that thing, somebody went in there and stole that bar of gold. And so there was like a manhunt going on. You know, who who, who has possibly achieved this? Who has done this? So the cops in Key West, they released surveillance footage inside the museum uh, and I, you, you can imagine they probably thought they were going to catch whoever did this very quickly and so <laughs> Mobius actually he, I think he was one of the first people to call me and said have you seen this footage how weird it so I watched the, the surveillance footage now here's what you see when you watch the footage now for one thing the museum officially had already closed for the day. So I believe the museum closed at like 5, so this was after 5. So there are some people kind of milling around in the museum even after it's closed, which might make you think automatically there's some kind of an inside job or something. But here is the weirdest part, and I'm not exaggerating this. You see this guy on the surveillance footage and he walks up to the case and he puts his hand out there and he kind of fiddles around for a minute and then he walks away and then he walks back like five minutes later he reaches into that case and just pulls that bar of gold out like magic and you're like what the i mean the guy you you see him reach in he he gets the bar of gold and he just it's next thing you know it's not in the case anymore it's in his hand and he just walks off it is the weirdest thing to see this on the surveillance footage so we're scratching our heads saying how did this guy do this? You know, I I, I I I know a lot about science and magic and technology and engineering, and so do all my friends. Are like, how the fuck did this guy do this? Well, the only thing that I could think of was like maybe maybe uh, this was some guy with a knowledge of chemistry or something and the first time he walked up he he squirted or sprayed some kind of chemical onto the uh, case that softened it but he had to let it you know work and cure for about five minutes or something and then and then he came back and was able to to pop it out I mean I don't know I really don't know so I called the Key West Police Department. I was back in North Carolina, of course. I called them, and I, I got a um, 
police lady on the phone who fortunately was uh, very nice and very talkative and uh, I said uh, hey you know I have a radio show on news radio 570 WWNC and um, I'm intrigued to see what you know the latest is on this case and she said we are absolutely baffled she said we have no idea who did this or how they did it or anything it was the weirdest thing and so i mean it was almost like something magical was captured on 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 camera frankly that's that's how it looked so i thought my goodness as if my trip to go down and research and investigate robert the doll weren't weird enough um then it's capped off by this, right? That This just takes the cake. So now here we are eight years later. And guess what? Dun, da, 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 news story comes out. So here is one of the news stories. Okay, apparently a couple of guys have been arrested in connection with this theft. Uh, They arrested one guy who's 41, another guy who is 32. Uh, The first guy is from California, the second guy is from Florida, and they say that they have, uh, they say it was in a plexiglass case, they're saying it was worth $550,000, 74.85 ounces. And um, so they say that they've arrested these two guys in connection with this crime. However, um, they have re- released no details whatsoever about how they did this, how they breach this case so i am very interested in and in, and in, you know getting to the bottom of this and, and finding out like how these guys got that out of there because if you can you know if i've done a good job of telling you this story in this podcast you can imagine here's a case with a hole in it that's just big enough for your fist to fit through and there is this gold bar that's long and it's positioned so that you can twist it any way you want to, like some kind of puzzle, and you can't pull it out of there. For for 20 years, nobody could pull it out of there. I mean, even if you wanted to, most people would never even try, though, I guess. So how did those guys reach through that hole? Or how did that guy you know, reach through that hole and pull that thing out. So I'm thinking since they arrested two people, one of them was probably, you know, an inside job type dude who gave access to the other guy who was able to come in there and remove that thing. I don't know if he was like literally a magician or a chemist or what he was, but uh, that's you know what i'm thinking and 
I, I, I bet you that there's a good chance that the, the details of how they pull that thing out of there may never actually be released because um, that's the kind of information that would make it easy for criminals to potentially steal other things along those lines. But it's just so weird to me that, uh, you know, I, I, I've talked about this, and I hate to say this too much because then I'll create a tulpa, but it's like I go somewhere and then I leave, and as soon as I leave, like some crazy stuff happens. And it's not necessarily always bad. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's just weirdo stuff like this. Um but nonetheless, this is a an eight-year-old mystery, which is now um, taking on a new light. So we'll see what happens. I will definitely keep you updated on this. And hopefully you find this as bizarre and fascinating <laughs> as, as I do. So uh, anyway, here I am in Florida. Uh, some things, I guess, kind of come full circle, if you want to view it that way. And so that's what's on my mind tonight. So uh, anyway, um, you know, this uh, this is a podcast that I do as often as possible. I try to do them daily. It's called Joshua P. Warren Daily. Uh, if you go to joshuapwarren.com, You'll find more information on this podcast. It's always short. It's always free. There are never commercials or any stuff like that. Um, And if you go to joshuapwarren.com, not only will you find a link to this podcast where you uh, can subscribe or follow me on Twitter, where I usually post when I have a new one, but I also hope that you will check out my big event that's coming up in May. In Las Vegas. Oh, man, I'm so excited about this. <laughs> I, 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 at this point, everybody that I actually know and love has already made their arrangements. They're going to be there. So, this is, this is it. This is the ultimate. Uh, all that stuff is at joshuapwarren.com. So that's it for tonight. Thank you for your interest. Thank you for your support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.